We're about to board the train from Sheffield to Manchester Piccadilly. We're at Sheffield train station. I'm assuming you're probably going to work that out. By the fact that, I, that, that, that I, would be where we were if that's where we were trying to get the train. Well, talking of hope, our train is the it's the more lengthy train that goes to Manchester Piccadilly via Hope from Sheffield, which I think is a rather apposite choice because hope is very much what we need, uh, very much what we have in our hearts. We have a it's not just hope. There's a whole cocktail of emotions. There is trepidation. There is. Give me some adjectives, Ellie. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't think. I don't. I don't know what's in my heart. Indecisiveness, maybe. very much in our heart. There is a, a cocktail of emotions because what we are about to do is uncertain. We don't know how it's going to go. It's uncertain. Good journalistic skills here from me. Would you like to actually get to the platform that we need to leave? <laughs> oh, we're not. On the <laughs> No, Are we not there? We just, no, we just paused here so you could go to the loo. <laughs> All right. Oh, we might, we might miss the train if we don't do that. We're going to head to the actual platform now. Oh, you okay? Yeah, I'm holding these so you can put your other strap oh, on. Oh, she's referring to my accordion when she mentions strap on there. The platform we're meant to be on is the platform that mocks me with its existence. As a blind man, it is platform 2C. So hopefully you can hear Ellie because I am recording with a lapel mic which is attached to me. Yes. So I'm trying to sort of stand It quite... looks a bit weird because I'm talking at your chest. <laughs> the bell tolls. Who's it toll for, David? It tolls for potential. It tolls for justice. It tolls for... Uh, got 12 of these to think of well it gives I mean it would have been brilliant if because it's going to toll 12 times if I could have thought of 12 things that it tolls for and I say it in between the bongs yeah I, been, I feel like I knew the bell was going to toll so I could have prepared that you know I could have thought right it's going to be 12 bell tolls think of 12 things David but to be honest I, I haven't prepared to the degree that maybe I should have prepared for our train at the moment is not delayed. We're absolutely fine, unlike the uh, train to Plymouth, yeah. which has been delayed because cattle are on the line. So we don't have sheep to contend with. Although there may be an element of sheepishness here because well, what we're about to do is, as I say, it's the unknown. And it requires confidence, really, or certainly outward confidence, because it requires me to enter a hotel completely unannounced, uninvited. uninvited, with an accordion on, in order to sing a protest song against the treatment of myself and others on Saturday the 31st of July. Now I've already explained what this is about. We've already talked about this on last week's podcast, but I should very quickly give a brief pricey. Basically, I got to my hotel that I'd paid for, that I'd booked a room for, had an email confirmation saying that the room was booked and I now could not cancel. I got there at 11 p.m., ready to check in. Check-in cut-off time was 11.30, so I still had half an hour to spare. But when I got there at 11 o'clock on the Saturday night, I and others were being turned away, were being told that there were no rooms available, even though we had email confirmation. And the reason for this, essentially, I can only gather, is because they sold our room at a higher price because loads of people wanted rooms. So they thought, well, we can sell it at a higher price. And they just hoped that we wouldn't show up. They probably thought, oh, brilliant, it was 11 o'clock and they've still not turned up. And then we turned up. And they said, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to leave. 
we've rang around hotels in Manchester, there's no alternative. And so they just turfed us out onto the street. Obviously I'm blind, so they just turfed me out onto the street. I don't know if other people might have had disabilities as well. They essentially made us homeless for the night. Because of this, I've done some research into the hotel chain. I didn't even know of their existence before. Britannia Hotels, they've been voted by Witch Magazine, worst hotel chain in the UK, eight years running. They've had a slew of hygiene and cleanliness issues that have brought them into the courts multiple times. But also there's the whole thing about homelessness. Over COVID, when health workers and homeless people were put up in hotels by the government, Britannia Hotels essentially just kicked them out said you're not welcome here even though the rooms were paid for there was a charity I think it's called raise the roof put up homeless people in hotels so they book out hotel rooms and there was a reservation for this charity on Christmas Eve Christmas Day in order to put up rough sleepers so they'd have somewhere to stay over Christmas without any announcement I think it was just on Christmas Eve they basically just said we're cancelling our reservation you're not welcome here and they just kicked them back out onto the street they then had to remove their social media presence because of the backlash from that basically they're just the kind of people who seemingly are just interested in profit now of course all businesses are interested in profit but at the massive expense of people at people's lives at people's mental and physical well-being because they're just turfing people out into the street so my first plan i thought wouldn't it be great if I just to record a little video of me singing a song i could write a song about this and i could put it on social media then i thought wouldn't it be brilliant if I could do it inside the hotel. If I can get in the hotel with my accordion and sing a song of protest that I've written about Britannia Hotels, then I thought, wouldn't it be even better if we can get other people there? I've got so many musician folk friends. I've got so many comedian friends in Manchester. Maybe we can all gather. I can teach them the chorus and we can do a flash mob. And then Manchester Evening News got in touch. They wanted to cover the story. So I told them the general gist of the story on the phone. And then I said, look, if you want to hold fire on this story, if you want to come along and report on this, you'll be very welcome. And they said, that's what we'll do. We're going to hold fire on the story. We're going to come and cover it. And then I set about over that week putting messages on my Facebook, on Twitter, telling people what was about to happen. And I got a, a load of people saying, this is a brilliant idea, brilliant idea. And I thought hope was in my heart. I thought maybe there's gonna be hundreds of people. Then I started worrying because it was getting so much interest. I started worrying. I was like, well, we're gonna have to probably put masks on and I don't wanna intimidate people. I don't wanna intimidate customers and staff. So some people might have to wait outside. I had maybe, maybe hubristically had all these ideas of like, oh, there's gonna be so many people there. And then as the days went on, slowly but surely people said, oh, unfortunately I won't be able to make it. Because of Manchester Evening News, we had to do it in the afternoon. We had to do it at 2 p.m. People were saying, well, we could do it if it was the evening. But unfortunately I had to do it in the afternoon. And then, over that weekend, this weekend, it's just been a cavalcade of emotions for me because people have been saying, I can make it, I can't make it. I can make it, I can't make it. And it, messages come in and my heart leaps and then plunged into despair. We're about to get on the train now. So it's difficult to know how many people are actually gonna be there. But also, I think the kicker for me is the amount of interest that Manchester Evening News was showing. We've done this in the afternoon so that they can come on board and now they've just gone quiet on me they said send me the details and i sent them the details and they've just not responded so i don't know what's going to happen 
so it's been weird because I've had this whole kind of thing of people say, oh, I'm going to be there. This sounds absolutely brilliant. And then, no, I can't make it. And then Manchester Evening News have completely gone quiet. So now I've sent them a message on Twitter. I've sent them a message, a text message. And the journalist has just gone quiet. Is she a mole? Maybe she's not even from the Manchester Evening News. Maybe she's from Britannia Hotels. Maybe she's usurped us and there's going to be an unpleasant surprise for us. Maybe the police will be ready. Who knows? I mean, it'd be brilliant if it was the police is in Sting. If he's got wind of it, that would be absolutely brilliant. And then this morning, I woke up to excuses. I'm sure we've had excuses, but excuses about exploring tyres, laundry, dogs, all sorts of excuses coming in why people can't make it. So now I have no idea who's going to turn up, how we're going to be received. The idea is we meet, I teach them the chorus, whoever turns up. We descend upon the hotel and we sing our song of protest. We record it, we put it on social media and we see what response it garners. I mean, I've just thought, you know this, if you've seen anything suspicious, a man good. talking yeah. into his chest, yeah. cryptically, is probably that. We will be calling at Reddish North. Oh, Reddish North. Can passengers Sounds a little painful, doesn't it? Better than a Reddish South. Oh, you're not. Be aware that smoking or vaping is not allowed anywhere on this train. I've just come back from the toilet. Yeah. I know some listeners will be disappointed thinking, well, why didn't you record from the toilet, David? I happened to press the door for the toilet yeah. to open just as the doors opened for one of the train stations. And there was a moment there where I stepped into the toilet and the doors closed behind me. I thought, oh God, imagine if I'd accidentally stepped the wrong way got and got train. off the train. Especially because I had your phone. You've got my, oh God, yeah. You had my well, phone. because you... why, because you'd been a bit longer than I expected you to. We don't need to. Well, okay, it's gonna come and look for you. If you really want to know, listeners, I'm feeling a little bit nervous, so I did have a little poo, oh, which I try not to do on toilets. On toilets? No, I try not to do in train <laughs> toilets. To I've got a little nappy for that. But yeah, there was that moment there of kind of, oh God, is this the wrong way? Because yeah, as you say, you had my phone. I had your phone. You had my phone because the man was checking the yeah. tickets. And had you had my bag, my accordion. So there'd be no way of getting in touch with you. No. Fortunately, I do know my own phone number. I don't know yours off by heart, but no. I know my own phone number off by heart. So what I could have done is... Found a stranger. Found a stranger oh. and trying to you see if they would do it. But that would have added a whole new dimension to the journey because I'd be late. And also, I think that train would only go once every hour or so. Yes. So I wouldn't make it in time. Anyway, that hasn't happened. For you. I'm feeling optimistic now. I'm feeling, I don't, it doesn't matter about people not turning up in some ways. Like, I've done all I can do. The Manchester Evening News don't get involved if, you know, not as many people turn up as I thought they might. Then, whatever. I've done all I can do now. But it's odd. Hearing all these place names, Haversage, Bamford, every single place. I've got a gig story about that. Like, I'm thinking, oh, I did a gig there and this happened. So it's weird to have like a map of the country, even little villages, just by gigs that I've done, either doing folk music or comedy gigs. Oh, I can tell you a story about that. So maybe, maybe I should do my own guided tours. Maybe this could be a way of making money because we just had an email come through saying that the theatre shows that I was meant to be doing in Sunderland and Scarborough have been cancelled. Maybe I need to think of another source of income and maybe guided tours where we go on a journey and I tell them, oh, we've just come to Bamford. Well, I'll tell you a story about an unruly drunk woman at uh, Bamfest who uh, realised we were from Hartlepool and just kept shouting, monkey, monkey, at us over and over again. 
Okay, Ali. Yep. I'm just going to go to the toilet to disseminate some information, <laughs> which isn't a euphemism. I've come to the toilet because I need, I need to be careful because there are potentially prying ears on the train. There are police on the train. Why are they there? I don't know. Is it anything to do with me? Are they aware that I'm about to stage a protest at Britannia Hotel? Maybe, as I said before, the Manchester Evening News journalist was not from the Manchester Evening News, but was a spy, an undercover agent sent from Britannia Hotels. This whole thing could be a setup, and I this is the northern service to am heading Manchester into the trap. There's a little phenomena that I find very odd. The people, when they're taking phone calls now, don't just take the phone call. They have the person on a loudspeaker. Yeah. And I don't understand why. I still blame The Apprentice for that one, because there's all these... I know they're being filmed, so you have to hear both sides of the conversation, but they're, like, walking around with the phone on the speaker, just sort of... So, yeah, yeah maybe The Apprentice has kind of... Normalised Just normalised that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it more antisocial than having a monologue? Because one of the reasons people don't like phone calls yeah. on trains is because they don't like the fact that it's a monologue because it does something weird to your brain when you're only hearing one side of the conversation. It makes you feel yeah. uncomfortable, apparently. So in some ways, maybe actually hearing the other part the side of the conversation is, is better. I don't know. But it is very odd because you just have this annoying voice just chirping out of the speaker. So we've stepped off the train, we're at Manchester Piccadilly. I've been so busy trying to organise people that I've actually not really given much thought about the logistics of what I'm going to do when we get into the hotel. Do I walk in with my accordion on or will that attract too much attention and I be, won't be allowed in? But if I walk in with my accordion in my case, I've then got to get the accordion out and put it on. You know, someone's going to come up and talk to me to see if I'm checking in or what the deal is. Probably to tell me there's no rooms available. Or maybe to tell me that there are rooms available, even though they're fully booked. Who knows? But then I'll have to get my accordion out. That's going to draw attention to myself. So I haven't really given that much thought. And then the, the whole thing about remembering the words to the song. How are people going to react to it in the hotel? What's going to happen? So we are armed with recording equipment. We're armed with signs. We've got some signs that say various things about Britannia Hotels and about the incident that occurred a couple of Saturdays ago. Because I want people who are in the hotel lobby, customers and staff, not to just think there's some antisocial bloke, some madman just turned up with an accordion. I want people to, even though the words say what the song is about, obviously, I still want people to know so there's a visual clue of like, this is what it's about. Still nothing, bearing in mind the keenness of the Manchester Evening News journalist a few days ago, since I sent her the details, there's absolutely nothing. And we are now at 20 to two and still nothing from the Manchester Evening News. So either they're just gonna show up or they're not gonna show up at all. And if they're not showing up, they haven't told me that they're not gonna show up. I've got a plan though. If the person from the Manchester Evening News doesn't turn up, then we're gonna protest. After we've done this, I'll, I'll write a song and um, I'll get a group of people to <laughs> protest outside the Manchester Evening News with a song all about how they said they were going to turn up and didn't. <laughs> and the whole thing will just get very meta. 
We did get an offer from the Daily Mirror to cover the story, but I wasn't so keen. I thought, well, Daily Mirror and also the journalist was the kind of journalist who seemed to write very sensationalist articles. The last article he wrote, the NHS wouldn't pay for a reduction on my boobs, which I need because my boobs are so big that I burnt them on a Nando's grill. 13.46, we need to get to Piccadilly Gardens if we can by two. That's when we're meant to be meeting people. We're also both in need for the toilet. There is a pub we just passed. There is a pub. We could, it seems a bit wrong to do that, but I think needs must on this occasion. I've just had my final wee until showtime. The next time I have a wee, who knows what will have occurred. Will it be a wee in prison? In my prison cell for disturbing the peace? Will I be suddenly overtaken by rash folly and chutzpah and conduct a dirty protest in the hotel? That's certainly not the plan. The protest is merely musical, but they may get a tinkle of a different nature. I believe there's a busker over there. I mean, maybe I could recruit the busker, perhaps. Maybe desperation will mean that I'll need to. There won't be anyone there. We could recruit the busker, teach him the song. I want to make sure we actually meet the people who were here to meet first. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how big Piccadilly Gardens is. We just said we'll meet in Piccadilly Gardens. Okay, so it should be obvious where we are, hopefully. Okay, so now nerves have suddenly just sort of hit me here as I realise we're in Piccadilly Garden where we're meant to be meeting people. It's seven minutes to two, we have no people. Weather is hot and dry, but I can't help feel that we may be about to receive a damp squib. So I've absolutely no idea whether, you know, if the hotel have got any functions on at the moment. I mean, they may have a wedding or something like that, where we might be suddenly riding roughshod in and singing over the top of that. Even worse, they could have a wake. We could be suddenly just performing a song at someone's wake. I've no idea. Oh, my phone has just gone. Oh, it's Ellie. I've mentioned you in a tweet. Would you like to read out your tweet, Ellie, that you've just sent to people? We're in Piccadilly Gardens. If you're coming for David Eagle, I'm in a light bright blue coat and my hair is multicoloured. And then I've put a picture of you sat in the gardens and I've put alt text on so those who are blind can know what it is. I mean, obviously, if they're blind, it really doesn't matter that you're, you've got multicoloured hair, but, no, but I appreciate... coming to find us. Yes, I appreciate the sentiments. I'll tell you, it does really good alt text in their descriptions and their messages. Yeah. Sarah Millican. The comedian Sarah Millican, like really long ones that are longer than the actual tweet itself and, and, and furnishes the viewer with more detail than they would probably get than by looking at the pictures. Yeah. So this is if you've got a screen reader, it will read out whatever text you put on so you can describe the images. Well, it is now 1400 hours. It's 2 p.m. The time of meeting has arrived. And so far it is me and Ellie sitting in Piccadilly Gardens. Nobody has arrived. No phone calls, <laughs> no messages, nothing. Oh, I've got a new follower on Twitter. That's nice to know, but oh, what's going on there? That's a man on a bike with a boombox in a bag. Oh, God. <laughs> it's now three minutes past two and still no one. Oh, my phone is ringing. Hello. Hi, David, it's Shelley. Hello, Shelley. Oh, oh we can right. we can see you. Ellie is saying turn right. She is waving. You've gone too far right, apparently. Isn't that just the way? Oh, I can see you. We can. Uh, Shelley can see us. Right. Well, 
Excellence. <laughs> Excellence. Oh, she said where? Yes, there's a man with her. There's a man with her. He's got an instrument on his back. Oh, wonderful news. <laughs> Two people have arrived. Hello. Hello. Oh, good to see you. you. Thank you very much for coming. We've got Shelley. And yeah, Michael. Michael. And we got Michael. Yes, Excellent. Well, I think we got we got Ray Hearn. You know Ray, don't you? Yes. We got Ray Hearn coming. He was on the five past two train. Yes. Right. So he should hopefully be there at quarter past two, twenty yeah. past two. Other than that, we've had a mix of people saying, oh, we'll definitely be there, and then different excuses, and not, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I remember well, when I was a student in Middlesbrough, there was a, a rumour went round that the National Front were having a meeting at the Dragonara Hotel in Middlesbrough. So we all turned up to picket it, and this yeah. car drove up, and out stepped Johnny Morris, who wasn't there for the National Front. You'd be, be relieved to hear, so there was a great cheer. Right. Johnny Morris, who smiled and waved the news sort of way. And no National Front no turned up. Maybe he did it as a publicity stunt. <laughs> I like the idea that the hubris that I had at the start where I thought, oh, we don't want to swamp people in the, in the lobby, so some people might have to wait outside. <laughs> Whereas, you know, I was thinking of like a hundred strong choir and, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, Mr. Hearn. How are you doing? Hi, Good to right. see you. He was an elbow. Oh, thank you very much for coming oh, along. Our chorus goes like this. It's cruel Britannia. It's not cool Britannia. And you're fools Britannia. If you think we'll just go away. <laughs> Shall we try it? So we're gonna go. It's cruel Britannia. It's not cool Britannia. And you're fools Britannia. If you think we'll just go away. Yes, all the harmonies there. If you think we'll just go away, should we try one more time? Oh, I like it. What all protest songs need is a bit of baritone at the end there, Ray. Very good. It's cruel, Britannia. It's not cool, Britannia. And you're fools, Britannia. If you think we'll just go away. It's cruel, Britannia. It's not cool, Britannia. And you're fools, Britannia. If you think we'll just go away. Oh. I think this might be Manchester Evening News. Our photographer has been around on a few jobs. Will he be around in the next 45 minutes for pictures? Yes. Okay. How are we all feeling at this stage? Oh, ready to go. <laughs> ready to go. Who's going to pay bail? Exactly. Right, shall we go? Okay, so we're going to head to the hotel. Nothing from Ash, nothing from Michelle. So we're now walking to Britannia Sasha's Hotel. And we'll be there in the next two minutes. And then... We shall all enter into the building, hopefully, and hopefully we will get a chance to sing our song and hopefully I won't forget the words, which I'm feeling a little bit nervous about because it's all right remembering the words when you're at home, but when you're suddenly in that situation where you've got to have your wits about you and you don't know what people are thinking and if you're going to be accosted and that kind of thing, remembering the words then, it's a very different climate. I mean, I do need another wee, but we're not going to do that. We're going to go straight for it. I mean, the thing is, when you need a wee, though, the pressing of an accordion on your bladder is uh, not the best thing. <laughs> okay, well, let's not be too conspicuous. Should we all... What? What? Dear guest, Sasha's hotel is temporarily closed. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we can do if it, you eh? If you have a reservation, please go it. to our sister hotel. 
Oh. We'd like oh. to apologise for any inconvenience this has caused. Look out. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> we've turned up at the hotel. Manchester Evening News are turning up very shortly. We were going to sing our protest song inside the hotel, but for some, God knows what reason, maybe another cleanliness and hygiene issue that they've had to go to court for, because that seems to be what they do, or maybe turfed another group of homeless people out and gone to court for that. The Satcher's Britannia Hotel has closed its doors temporarily. All we can do is sing the song outside. Ash, have you seen the latest? Have you seen the latest uh, findings? The hotel is temporarily closed. So the Manchester Evening News are going to turn up very shortly okay. to see us gathered outside a closed hotel. Shall we get a sign for signs, the people? Because there's enough for everyone here, because we, we thought 50 people were going to show up, but then we, bit by bit... They never do. You say it like you've done many a flash mob. They never do I've with never these things outside a hotel. When well, you said flash mob, Richard, I was worried, I was like, oh, I'm not, I don't want to get anything out. Yeah, you don't have to get your genitals out. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Sorry, so, it's not very polite for it to circle a blind man. So you can uh, uh, sorry about that. How are you doing? You're all right. Well. Nice to meet you. What was your name? Sorry. Anthony. So we have a lovely selection of folk singers and comedians here. Just tell me when you're ready, Ellie. We are ready. I booked the room the previous day. I then got an email confirming my stay. But when I got to the hotel, they just told me to get lost. They must have sold my room on at a higher cost. Well, I really don't want to play the blind card. But travelling when you can't see can sometimes be hard. Late at night after my gig, I sloshed through the rain to the Britannia Hotel where I'd pay to be staying. But they said, no, we've overbooked. We're overbooked. We don't care about your reservation sling, your hook. You can take your accordion, your rucksack and your cane and just bugger off back out into the Manchester Inn. It's cool, Britannia. It's not cool, Britannia. And you're fools, Britannia. If you think we'll just go away. Then I realised it wasn't just me. There were other people there upset and angry. They'd sold on our rooms, hoping we wouldn't show. And when we all did, well, they just told us to go. But there was nowhere to go. All the hotels were booked up. Every hostel room was taken. We were completely stuck. There's nothing we can do. They said you'll just have to leave. Profit over people, clearly what they do believe. We're overbooked. We're overbooked. They don't care about your reservation sling, your hook. You can take your accordion, your rucksack and your cane and just bugger off back out into the Manchester Inn. It's cool, Britannia. It's not cool, Britannia. And you're fools, Britannia. If you think we'll just go away. We'll give away our rooms, said there's no beds to be found. So don't be shocked that we're not going to take it lying down. We'll leave in a minute. We know there's nothing here for us. But before we go, we're going to sing another chorus. It's cruel, Britannia. It's not cool, Britannia. And you're fools, Britannia. If you think we'll just go away last time. It's cool, Britannia. It's not cool, Britannia. And you're fools, Britannia. If you think we'll just go away. <laughs> But I can't believe the hotel was closed. Yeah, it is quite funny how it started though, because originally the idea was I'll just record the song and put it on Twitter. Then the idea was I'll record the song in the hotel. And, and, and then I thought, let's do a big flash mob. And at one point, it was like, honestly, at one point, there was like 50 people saying, we'll be there. Thank you, Shelley. Cheers. See you another time for the next protest in the street. <laughs> Bye.
I'll see you soon, Ray. Thank you. Okay, well, everyone has left. I mean, I say everyone, <laughs> but everyone has left. Oh, here we go. The police are coming out just to top it all off. I don't know how to feel about the whole thing, really. I mean, I rather hubristically thought this would be a big flash mob, 50 to 100 people. <laughs> We'd be inside the hotel, Almost you know. Like storming the Bastille. It would cause a sensation. The staff would be looking on. I even had thoughts, maybe, of the maybe staff. Maybe they'd join in. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought maybe the staff would go, no, it's not we don't like these working conditions. We don't want to be responsible for this. And they'd put down their tools. They'd, yeah. There's apparently a lot of masturbatory, onanistic activity that the staff get up to they in the hotel. They'd put down their tools. They'd throw away their key cards. And they would march with us. And they would sing Cruel Britannia. And they would tear up their badges. Mm. As badges in, like what you Bad, wear, not like not tearing up badges. Hey, did you not know every Britannia worker gets a, a, a pet badger. badger, and if you work there, you you uh, you get a new one each year. Yeah. And uh, someone said he's he's looking forward to collecting the whole set. But uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you, Ellie. So, <laughs> but how it happened in the end was the hotel was closed, I and only it, and only five people turned up. And I'm including myself and you in that, I think. <laughs> Six of us turned yeah. up. Bearing in mind you're not going to be featured in it because yeah, you're holding the, the camera. So there's five people turning up, singing outside of the hotel because the hotel was closed. Also, it's quite interesting that I don't know how the Manchester Evening News, if they're going to report on it, or how, how? They, how they're going to report on it. I could be made out to be a bit of a freak, you know, the idea of I'm standing in the, with an accordion next to a closed hotel singing with four of the people. Oh, I don't know if you caught it on your recording. When we were trying to get set up to do the video, a homeless man came by and was asking if he could have a go on your accordion. And then, as you sort of went off to, to do some photos, I think, he was trying to explain to me that you'd set up in the wrong spot to busk. And he was really concerned that you wouldn't have an audience and that not enough people would see you. He was like, people don't come down this road. He wants to go around the corner to Piccadilly Gardens. You'd get a much bigger audience there. And Aww. I just thought that was really That's lovely. It's really nice that another a, a homeless person. Yeah. See, I'm classing myself as a homeless person now <laughs> just because of that incident with the hotel, because I was homeless for all of 30 minutes, <laughs> that a homeless person would think, I'm going to help out another homeless person. Over there, there's a World War One statue of lots of injured soldiers, presumably returning home after the war. And there's a man just leaning up against one of them and doing a peace sign for a photo. <laughs> Like the weirdest. Very odd. It's like when people go and do like selfies at Auschwitz and stuff. Like, yeah, it's like, that take is a picture of the statue because it's quite poignant and it's obviously yeah. represent. But like leaning your arm on the shoulder of one of the soldiers who've got like bandages around their eyes and one of them's lost an arm and stuff like that. It's a bit weird, mate. Yeah. And a woman's just leant up against one of them, put her hand in his bandaged hand, presumably blown to bits by, by some sort of bomb, and like smiled and posed for a photo, and that then swapped weird. with the man that she was with. It's so weird, people just using a, a sad, poignant statue. statue. There's um, three little boys just run up to the statue of the soldiers, and one has just thrown his arms around him and hugged him. Which is quite sweet. And then sort of tapped him on the pockets and the legs and then hugged him again. And see if he's off. got any money. <laughs> he's just trying to pat him down for money. See if he's got any money. See if he's got any drugs on him. <laughs> but yeah, the little boy looks like he's like three or four and he's just, it's really nice when their natural instinct is to just go up and hug a thing. Yeah. Or a person, whether that person's made of metal or. Oh, and he's. <laughs> 
He's hugging the man's crutch. Oh. That is like a wooden crutch rather than anything else. Well, yeah, I assume it's a wooden yeah. crutch. I mean, it'd be a bit weird if it's a statue, but the, the only thing that's real is the crutch. <laughs> And we're back in Sheffield with this, as soon as we step over the tram, the soothing sounds of a couple of teenagers, is it? Yeah, just a couple of twenty-somethings, maybe. Shouting about maintenance payments. Shouting about maintenance payments. Having a lovely little argument in the street there. <laughs> oh, what's going on? Um, Nan and the little girl are going to meet the woman who was shouting in the street about the. Lack of maintenance payments from presumably right. the little girl's father. A little additional bit of drama to say goodbye. It's been an enjoyable day, and I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. And we'll be back next time with the usual fair herbal tea of the week. Maybe even another Archbishop of Canterbury story. Who knows? But for now, from me, David Eagle. And Mary Skinner. Goodbye. Bye.